0: Welcome to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture.
1: Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community.
0: On A quarter of Three Strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around god's word to advance christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community my name is ron young headmaster of providence academy and founder of the palatine institute and i'm noah tetzner
1: a curious student of classical education and
0: podcast producer through our conversations we look forward to sharing fellowship knowledge and practical wisdom for his glory here on the quarter 3 strands podcast
1: without further ado let's get on with the show hello and welcome back to accord of 3 strands we're so excited because today is episode 1 in our second season of the podcast this season's theme is truth and virtue mr young why don't you
0: kick us off with season 2 first of all Woo-hoo! Season two, Woo-hoo. season two, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, so, Providence Academy, where uh, I've been headmaster for the last ten years, is uh, has a motto, "Veritas uh, et Virtus," which is Latin for truth and virtue. And I think it's a very important thing for for us as the Christian community to pursue truth and virtue, especially in our day and age. It's um, it's necessary in that our culture has well abandon the idea of truth at least as a um an objective sense and has put doubt within human beings whether they can actually know truth and so you're left with skepticism and cynicism you're left with um an epicurean or hedonistic just desire for pleasure since you can't you know if if there's no real truth it's kind of left up to your own devices and if i'm it's left up to my own devices why do i want to be virtuous why why do i want why why is that even appealing right um and and so for us at at providence we we want to educate uh our students to pursue truth and virtue uh to become virtuous people and um and that's a, that's a that's a big request especially with when you look around and no one else is pursuing that yeah right why why not just pursue money and pleasure um be good enough to get a job and make money yeah. rather than to actually be good you know, pretend to be good, not, not to be actually good. Yeah. So we, we want um, here in the second season, we first season one, we, we talked about the, the idea of Christian culture, what that means, the need for Christian culture. Well, if we're going to have a Christian culture, we actually have to have Christians (laughs) pursuing truth and acting virtuously to have such a culture. So I, I, I want us to talk this, this season about truth and virtue in particularly how we can train our children in that. Right, mm-hmm. so um, not only as a school, but in your family, your home, and your church, um, how do we train students to become virtuous? Uh, how do we become virtuous people um, in this per- and the uh, um, and that's that's kind of the season. I Love it. So, what do we mean by you know truth and virtue? Let's
1: let's define these terms here because you know perhaps somebody tuning in might be like, okay, truth and
0: virtue—that sounds nice, but but why truth and virtue? Okay, so let, let's start with truth, and and the way I define it and. You know, because <clears throat> Mr. Young's opinion is the objective. Rea- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the way I define it um would be that uh, truth is the property of being in accord with fact or reality, right? So yeah. if, if something is in accord or in harmony or corresponds to reality, then it's true um or or a fact, you know that this happened, right? That you know we did walk on the moon like that's a fact. And yeah. so when you talk about, that then it it's corresponding with reality. Yeah. Um and then or or it could be talked about as the fidelity to original or a standard. In, in other words that there is a there's a way in which we can talk about the truth in terms of morality. Right? There are certain standards that are true and and we want to pursue them. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's truth. This this uh, according uh, being in accord with reality and um and having this fidelity or um, faithfulness or the or true regarding the standard in terms of behavior and and, and action. By virtue, I, I mean this conformity to a standard or right or a particular moral excellence. Um, it, it can also be a beneficial quality or power of a thing. Um, for instance, uh, when, when a lot of people think of uh, originally uh, virtus, If you look at it in Latin, the uh, vir vir it means man, mm. and so the the idea of virtue meant manliness, which almost always simply meant courage. Wow! Right. So, what's the distinctive excellence of a male? And and in the ancients, they understood that they had courage. Right. So, it, I'll give you a, an, an example. What a, f- a famous feminist uh, was talking about how. Um, Uh, Her mind uh, changed a lot on 9-11 because she was in Manhattan when the planes hit the Twin Twin Towers. And um, as they were collapsing or as they were on fire, I mean, she and all these women were running away. And she noticed all these men running towards the fire, towards the buildings, running into the buildings to drag them out. Now, I don't know if 100% of the men were running that way and that 100% of the women were leaving. Yeah. But in general, that's what that was what was going on, and and her her uh, and this really caught her imagination. Like, wait a minute, yeah, like, like this isn't some academic experience. This is this is reality, right? And these men are heading toward. They had this courage, this this bravery, and, and in the pursuit of helping, as they 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 run towards danger. Meanwhile, she and others were running from danger, but not, not just necessarily protect themselves. Mind you, they're protecting the younger, they're protecting the weak, they're protecting children. So there's a, there's a kind of bravery that was happening in there, but it's very distinct. And I think the ancients had seen that and, you know, they'd seen, oh well, look, that's what men are supposed to be. Yeah. Right. So, so the, the idea of virtue is this, um, this, this, uh, component, um, a, a kind of property that's associated with what you what the ideal ought to be yeah right so so for for a man they should be courageous right um and we'll we'll talk about this as we get delve into it um for the the these universal virtues um and 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 there are some differences between male and female we'll we'll talk about that as the season go pr- progresses um but these these um the virtues are uh, uh they have to do this moral excellence or quality um, that are innate within human beings. Right. So not just men, but mankind. Right. So, so human beings have a particular thing. We're just, we're, we're different from animals. Right. How are we different? Well, we have these virtues. Yeah. So we, we talk about, um, Virtues in, in different ways. And, and uh, I think later on in the season, we'll, or later on in today's episode, we'll talk about the distinctions between three different types of virtues. But for now, that's kind of what we're looking at. Yeah, there's there's real truth. Part of that truth has to do with standards. Yeah. Um, and those standards correspond with the reality of who we are as human beings and And virtue is this uh this quality or characteristic that that aligns with it um, that shows us to be human yeah
1: as as we think about classical education and um you know the the great thinkers of the ancient world that introduced it to us, is that something they were discussing as well
0: virtue absolutely right so th- this is there's a long history of of um Talking about virtue and what is and a lot of this has to do with well, what is it? how are we supposed to live? how then shall we live is a huge conversation that has gone on in the the world, especially the Western world, you know up until yesterday right. and now we don't talk about how we should live, we talk about what can we get away with yeah right what's our, you know don't tell me what to do, I feel this way you yeah know, that's the you know what's the what what are my rights what yeah. What can I possibly, what unvirtuous things can I get away with? And you have to accept it. So what this is, is this is, remember, this is completely opposite. This is going back to, Hey, as a God made us in his image, there are certain standards that God has given us in, in, in how to behave. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, it's not just, it's just not the, the, this is right versus this is wrong. It's how do we become the kind of people who do the right thing, no matter what. Right. Yeah. How do we determine what the right thing to do is? Right. We might know the standards, the objective standards, but here's a situation. How is it applied? How do I live? How do I act? How do I persevere? How do I, yeah. right? So, we what that's what we want to do. And, and the great thing about um, classical Christian education is, is that we have a scripture that guides us in this. We have Jesus Christ himself, who is the supreme example. Again, every time I say this, I'm going to say this, this caveat, Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus was our atoning sacrifice for our sin and and through him, we have salvation. Yeah. And he is also our example. Yeah. Because here's what's going to happen. Noah is I will from time to time talk about Jesus because we should talk about him all the time. Um, And when I talk about him in terms of example, then I know there's going to be um, several of my friends who are gonna say he's not just an example. I yeah, he's not just an example, he's more than an example. <laughs> he is our means of salvation and only through him. However, he did provide an example. Yeah. So um and we can look at uh, we and we can look at other scriptural characters as yeah. as uh examples too of a virtuous and non-virtuous uh living. So is it so obviously, you know
1: as you said, Mr. Young, you know, Jesus is the ultimate example of a a virtuous man. Is it possible to look throughout history at great thinkers or or people like that, leaders who were not necessarily Christians, but could they also be virtuous?
0: Yes. Okay. So, so there, this is going to be, it's a great question, by the way. So for instance, we, we are going to, at Providence Academy, we're going to read stories of ancient Greeks and Romans. Right. So, um, you know, so you'll have, you'll have stories of people doing uh, an amazingly courageous things and that even though they're pagan. Right. And, and so uh, you, you want to, um, you want to look at it. Right. So the the apostle Paul talks, talks about, you know, we're supposed to look at everything that's, you know, noble and true. And, yeah. you know, th- those things are good. Um, so when you, when you see someone doing something uh, heroic, you know, courageous, it can be an example for you. The, the issue is they can be virtuous as um, a pagan, um, but that virtue is pointed towards something that's false. Right. Mm. So when we, when we get down to it, we're going to talk about things like justice or righteousness. What's, what is the just man? Right. So yeah. in the pagan world, they don't have scripture, so they don't know exactly what justice is. Yeah, They don't know what pleases God. So they don't know what, how to be pious or your yeah. uh, uh, real piety. So we can't, we can't look at it in, in all those things, but we can glean from it and, and have make examples. Right. So I, I would say we can do that with virtuous pagans in our day. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you look at, um, you know, Tom, you know, here we are green Bay Packer fans, right. Yeah. You know, we love Packers, Yeah. Packers, yeah. Packers, Packers. <laughs> um, it, but, but you see like Tom Brady, who's in his forties and yeah. still competing at such a high mark. And you, you read about his work ethic and, you know, those are things you can emulate. Those are things you can say mm-hmm. that's good. Right. That's those things are virtuous. But but then you you can also look at the rest of his life and go, yeah, but I don't want to imitate that. Right. 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 Plus, he's on the wrong team. Right.
1: (laughs) Well, well, you know, because, well, that's the thing. That's the thing is like, you, you know, and especially. For people tuning in who are, are parents of young children, you know, it's like you want to teach your I, I've heard the argument made that some children should not be taught to, you know, sort of revere or look up to the founding fathers of the United States because they had slaves or something like that. And it's like, well, yes, they did. But at the same time, there were elements
0: of their character and ideas that were virtuous. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? I mean, they're there. You also have to look at them in the context of their time. Yeah. Right. And, um, and so, you know, slavery was a fact. Slavery just was right. But our founding fathers were pursuing ways in which to end it. Yeah. Right. So thanks to their work that that became possible. And I I don't want to get all into that, but yeah, you can, you can find virtue in a lot of places, um, and things that can encourage us, things that we can aim for things that we can, um, pattern our own habits towards, but, Ultimately, um, being a virtuous person isn't what saves you. What you want to do is live out your salvation in fear and trembling. And part of that living out their, your salvation is to do what God would expect of you. Yeah. Right? He made you in a particular way um, for particular purposes. And and part of our glorifying of God is to display the distinctive excellence of God in our lives, which means becoming virtuous. Yeah. Well, what are the virtues, Mr. Young? So, sure. So um, we we talk about them in, in three different ways. The, f- the first I want to talk about is uh, the theological virtues. Theological virtues are virtues that are imparted to us uh, at salvation, right? We receive the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit works within us, faith, hope, and love. Yeah. Right. So we, and the greatest of these is love. Yeah. There we go. From first Corinthians 13. So when we have these theological virtues, this, this, uh, the Holy spirit working within us, faith, hope, and love, um, it orients the way that we are looking at truth and how we should respond. Right. right. Yeah. So, so as a pagan, for instance, and, um, you know, and as a just Greek, let's just say, mm-hmm. and you, um, and you did some sort of offense to me, um, um, justice is then is re- responding to give what I owe you, which would be some sort of vengeance, right? Yeah. Some sort of, to, to justice, whether I harm you in an equal way of some sort or yeah. take you to court and sue you or what, what have you.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so faith tells us that Jesus had taught us that we should love our enemies, right? And we should turn yeah. our, the other cheek. So, f- so faith is informing us of a different way. Um, and, and the reason why we would do that, like, why would you do that? Why would you turn the other cheek? Why would you forgive someone who offended you? Well, we know that if if we are steadfast in this, these good works, there's a reward, right. That we, we have hope, right. Right. This world isn't the, the all right. If this were, if this world was it, you know, and there was no God, you know, it would be a dog eat dog world. Yeah. Right. But we have faith in Christ Jesus and have a hope of eternal life and a reward later. So given those things that the, that the spirit is working within our life, the other part of that is love that all this is due to our love for God. And it directs us to that love for God. Right? So I'm going to forgive. I'm actually going to, uh, uh, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to love. I'm going to do that for the sake of, of God for my, because of my, love for God that he's instilled within me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do these things. The, the second kind of virtues are intellectual virtues. Um, and there are lots of lists. I mean, you can, yeah, you know, Aristotle, I think has five others have seven. I I've put it down for the, our purposes for our podcast. We're going to talk about three, um, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Knowledge has this idea of, of the, that, we have been made as human beings in a way that we can know truth. Mm. You know, we can apprehend things. Yeah. And, and by truth, I'm not just saying, um, you know, that this is a fact it's, it's, um, it's, we, we know the truth of things, right? So when I, when I look at a four-legged furry animal (laughs) that has a particular stout ears and tails, I, I, I can perceive that it is a dog. Because it contains dogness. It's right. You know, it's right. I, I can, I, little children can do that. I I think I I like to use the illustration of like when a, when a little toddler um, is feeling around for something and they grab a pen and I describe to them, I tell them this is a pen. They will now know what pens are. Yeah, And, and they'll pick up other things that have, don't even look like that pen, but they know it's a pen. They, yeah. <laughs> right. If you ask them, Hey, can you go get me a pen? And they come in, they go into the other room, they pull back, they come back with a completely different looking thing, but it's a pen. They know. Yeah. Right. Um, understanding has this idea of um, the, being able to, to, to derive truths from the truths you already know. Sometimes it's called science, mm-hmm. right? So if I, if I know that I know this one thing, and I know this other thing, I kind of put these things together and my mind can derive from that other, other things, right. Uh, right. In, in uh, at Providence Academy, we teach logic and, you know, there's that classic syllogism, all men are mortal. Socrates is a man therefore, right? right. So you know that men are mortal, you know, that Socrates is a man. So therefore, you know that Socrates is mortal. He's going to die. Yeah. Right. So it's, It's that type of thing, understanding and then wisdom and wisdom is this, this idea of properly ordering these, these things, these truths, um, understanding first principles in a way that, that, um, understands the the value of things. So for instance, um, we know that, uh, human life is, um, valuable because innately, because we're made in God's image. Yeah. Uh, but we also know that dog that I mentioned to you is also a life and it's yeah. uh, worth saving. Right. Yeah. So, um, but if I had uh, if, if uh, you know, someone's walking on Lake Michigan and they break through the ice, he and their dog, I don't know the dog or the person. And I, I only have time to save one wisdom would tell me I, I need to save the person. Right. Right. Uh, th- this is one of those weird things because I, I, I had read somewhere that, um, they, they talk to young people about this and they would all say it depends on the dog. Like if it's wow. my dog, I might si- save my dog. And cause I don't know the person as if, wow. as if their va- le- as if their value was the same, yeah. well, they're not, they're not, their value isn't the same. No one's made in the image of God. The other one's not. Now if it's a dog or cat, you know, I'd save the dog and <laughs> okay, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Boy, I'm now I'm going to get hate mail. Aren't I? Uh, I maybe. just dished the cats. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so that, those are the intellectual virtues. And then the, the moral virtues, this is these um, uh, are prudence, justice, temperance and fortitude. Mm-hmm. And the way I like to describe these uh, moral virtues is is very simplistic. So if you're a philosopher out there, um, you're going to have to cut me some slack. I'm making it very simplistic. When we get to the particular episodes, we'll get a little deeper. But this is the way I like to say it. Uh, prudence is a kind of a practical wisdom. Yeah. Um, That tells you what you ought to do. Okay. Mm -hmm. Justice is doing that, doing what you ought. Okay. Okay. Prudence tells you what to do. Justice is doing it. Mm -hmm. Temperance is doing that thing that what you ought to do, despite you wanting to do other things. Right. Right. Um, And, uh, and fortitude is doing those, what you ought to do despite your fear or your, um, uh, your um, weakness, okay? Yeah. So, so that's the idea. It's it, it, moral virtues have to do with doing what you ought to do, mm. right? And um, prudence tells you what you ought to do. Justice is doing it. Temperance doing what you ought to do despite, despite yeah. firing out elsewhere. Fortitude despite your fear and weakness. So that th- those are the virtues, and and that's the that that's what we want to grow as Christians, all informed by faith, hope, and love. Right, and we'll we'll get into greater detail as we, as we have those seasons, right, or as uh, through the season. So, in other words, Mister Young, if you
1: took a child and uh, they were, you know, raised in a flourishing Christian culture, upon high school graduation or whenever they should choose to enter, you know, whatever, you know, the adult world, whatever that means. Their education would have been considered successful if they are virtuous individuals, not necessarily individuals who are capable and competent of working a job.
0: Correct. What we want is virtuous people. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and the, 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 whole, the, whole, the, the thing is, is that we can't guarantee faith, hope, and love, right? Yeah. That's only a work of the spirit. And uh, it is our hope and our prayer that each child that comes here is God's child Mm -hmm. Um, we, we have an understanding that if, if a a child is born in a Christian household, there's this covenantal aspect of it where they're raised as God's children, but, uh, if they don't have personal faith, then they can become, we can work on their intellectual and moral virtue. Yeah. Um, but, but not being informed by faith, hope, and love through the Holy spirit. Uh, it's, it's, they're going to seem good. Okay. Is that, I don't. Does yeah, that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So let's talk about values and symbols because those relate to truth and virtue. So is, tell me about that, Mister Young. These values and symbols, you know, yeah. What is that? Why are those important to a Christian culture?
0: Uh, absolutely. So we we talked about this in season one that American culture has kind of lost its way, yeah. right? It, it distinctly Christian behaviors, values, symbols. They've been slowly eroding over the decades and and, and our pop- popular culture is is you know basically trashing them mm. at, at some point it's not very actually today I don't think it's very risky for an artist to d- do something crazy against the church or its symbols, yeah because most of the culture's gone past that you know it's just it's, that's how far off we were yeah um, when I was a, a kid, there was an artist who Who made a it was called piss christ it was basically a crucifix in a jar of urine wow and they they sold that off as art that was that was a deeply offensive thing i think if someone did that today no one would care right In, in terms of the the culture the the general culture right um you know we we talk about part of the virtue of of uh being human part of that is you know being chased right Um, God made us as sexual beings, but it's meant for, uh, heterosexual marriage. Right. And everything apart from that is sin right now. Now you can go to a show and they'll act it out in front of you and talk about it. in really, um, really gross and demeaning ways. Yeah. And TikTok videos over and over again, um, making young girls think that they need to become more and more sexual. Right. at a younger and younger age. And if they're not, they're somehow missing out That's yeah. FOMO, right? For fear yeah. of missing out. And it's, and it's a devastating thing to the, to our culture. And we wonder why there's so much depression so, amongst young people. We, we, we're, we're, they're immersed in a culture that is evil. Yeah. And, and uh, what the church has basically done is sat back and said, tisk tisk, and wish that the culture could no longer be uh, NC 17 rated. Yeah. And, and maybe make it, you know, PG 13 again or something like that. And what we're saying is, is that no, we're going to make, we need to make a distinctly Christian culture,
1: Mm.
0: you know, um, Walt Disney world doesn't get to determine what's good culture. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. It needs to be the church. So values and, um, you know, things like our obligations to God, um, family and neighbors and things like that, they, they, there's this there needs to be a duty that's not to self, it's a duty obligations we have to God and our neighbors, yes, that need to take priority over our own lustful selves mm. right right and then um and then symbols right that this has to do with um not only um just, you know, what does a cross mean? <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, but, but symbols, including um, the, the stories we tell and, and the words we use. So yes. to me, one of the, one of the most crucial things that we have to understand as Christians is in Genesis two, when God, well, in Genesis one, God makes everything through his word, right? Yeah. Makes us in his image. And so we have words in which we can actually describe reality. Mm -hmm. Right. So in Genesis two, when God brought the animals in front of Adam, Adam named them and that's what they were. That's what they are. That's what the Bible says. Right. Yeah. In other words, in the Bible, we have this supreme confidence that God by his logos, his word, word, his, this, this idea of logic word, um, he created everything and we have the capacity to know the world and describe it with words. Yeah. And that's what they are. It's there's a correspondence with our language and the world as it is. But our world, our culture has been tearing that down. Like we and we've and as uh, American Christians, we lost the language game many years ago. Right. So so our part of our needing to be with our development of our intellectual virtues is going back to being able to carefully use words in the right way to describe reality. And not allow the culture to do it for us, and it's going to be false. I'll, I'll give you an, an example. The Bible typically talks about sins as the things that you do or the desires that you have, right? right. But they don't talk about it as being, right? right? So if you have trouble with alcohol, you have uh, sins of drunkenness. Right. right? you know, drunk, you're committed the sin of being drunk, Mm -hmm. but, but we have labeled it as like being an alcoholic.
1: Okay. Does that make sense? Right.
0: Right. So what, what our language did was it, it changed that sin of drunkenness into a state of being called alcoholic. The Bible says that wine is good and it's a gift from the Lord. It makes the heart of man glad. Yeah. And we're telling that, and, because the problem is, is who the person is. It makes the alcohol, the thing that, that's bad. Right? It's, right. it's just a weird.
1: Or even, and we don't have to dive into this, or even something that is labeled disease and out of one's control.
0: Yeah. Yes. And then it becomes an excuse. Right. Well, that's just who I am. So therefore, right. Yeah. But, but it's gone on with everything, right. We can look at sexual sins. We can, and sexual deviancies, and, and instead of talking about it as the sin of this particular act or the sin of these particular desires, we now label it as being, right? So now people say, well, that's who I am. Like, like, how can you, how can you say what I'm doing is wrong since that's who I am? Mm. Right. And, and uh, we used to be able to say, we love the sinner. Uh, we hate the sin. And, and what we've done is because we capitulated to the world's language. Um, that that becomes almost nonsensical to people. Yeah. And we don't even realize the church. We don't even realize it, you know, <laughs> it's it. And, and so so part of what we have to do is 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 we have to be people of the word. Yeah. Right. And understand that our words do correspond to reality. And we need to take, you know, using the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit as he guides yeah. us in faith, hope and love. Um, under, understanding that um, the, the Bible gives us good language. And good, uh, good ways to to think about these things and communicate yeah. these things.
1: Yeah. Well, Mister Young, as we sign off today, just to give listeners a sample of what they can look forward to in, in this season, all about truth and virtue. You know what?
0: What else are we going to dive deeper into in this season of the podcast? Oh, I'm sure. Lots of things. Uh, Yeah. Well, I know, I know uh, next time we're going to talk about the transcendentals, which is uh, truth, beauty or truth, goodness and beauty. Okay. Um, And then as we go through the various virtues, um, you know, that I that I listed, we'll go a little deeper in them. Um, Each of these major virtues, we'll talk about minor virtues in which we can cultivate in our children and in ourselves that will help us to become these yeah. greater virtues, um, that type of thing. We'll talk about particular habits that we can develop because to become virtuous people. Yeah. Um, that, that's kind of the, the scope of it. Awesome. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, I think it'll be great.
1: I think it'll be great. Well, listeners, you can look forward to that. Uh, new episode every Wednesday here on the Accord of three strands podcast.